Welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and thank you for joining me for another brand new episode. An episode that, if I do say so myself, is hilarious because I wasn't the one being hilarious. My guest, Kerry O'Donnell, is an absolute scream. If you've heard him on the podcast, Sexy Unique Podcast, you know what I'm talking about. But in fact, I was editing it and I was like, should I take out the amount of laughter from me? And I was like, no, it kind of adds to the experience. It's very fun. Um, I mentioned this in the show notes for last week's episode and it kind of stands this week as well. These interviews are being recorded before episodes of the shows in question air. And I do think with the Erica stuff, for example, um, that has changed so much week on week because of Housewives of Beverly Hills and because of the actual real-time news that sometimes we have a conversation and it already feels like parts of it feel a bit dated. So if you're listening going, why didn't they mention X? It's probably because we talked before that thing happened. So that's kind of why I say when we're chatting in the episode we just saw because, yeah, it seems to be the case now that uh, so much is going on with our housewivesy gals that the episodes <laughs> just like update pretty damn quickly. But anyway... This episode was so much fun to do. If you haven't heard Sexy Unique Podcast, you need to get into it. I'm going to put links to that in the show notes for this episode. But for now, without any further ado, here is Kerry O'Donnell on Housewives and Me. My guest today is a writer who has got bylines of Paper, Vulture and The Cut. He has written for shows like Heather's, Summer Camp Island and Billy on the Street. And of course, he is one half of the hilarious podcast, Sexy Unique Podcast, where it's not just Vanderpump Rules on the slab. We've got Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, New Jersey, Salt Lake City, Summer House. And he's something of a Twitter legend. If you've seen the videos, you'll know what I mean. Carrie O'Donnell, welcome to Housewives and Me. Oh my God, that was like the greatest intro I've ever gotten. So <laughs> I'm, you're welcome. I'm going to I'm going to go now. But thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, We started high and we're going to end high. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. I'm excited to talk to you. I was uh, sending you the, you know, breaking the fourth wall. I was sending you a link for you to join the chat so we can speak today. And I was putting your email address in. And I remembered that about a month ago, I had written a note on my iPhone for like people I wanted to contact with the show. And it said, Katie Weaver, Carrie O'Donnell, Doris. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> I mean, that is... <laughs> both both those women are are legends, so that is great company for me. Even I was in like, an email. yeah, I was like, wow, if I can get to read of what have I manifested? If I got all three of those names, so we're we're getting there. This is part of a spell that I'm clearly casting, but I'm thrilled to be chatting to you today. So me too. I have a lot to, have a lot to ask you because you've been like a Housewives fan for a while and written about it and you're obviously podcasting about various shows at the moment but I want to take it all the way back to the beginning I'm curious how did you get into Real Housewives and what was your gateway my mom um my mom was I think it was in high school when Real Housewives of Orange County came out Mm -hmm. and she I was like just around the house one day and she was like you have to watch this show it's on Bravo it's kind of like a Desperate Housewives take. And she told me about it and I watched it with her. I watched it very lightly. I mean, this was, I think that first season was 2006, 2005. Um, back with like, what's her name? Joe and Lori and oh, like that was a dark time. <laughs> um, but my mom really got me into it. And then I think my first real passion for Housewives was uh, New York. Like I got mm-hmm. really into it. And then the first season of Beverly Hills, I was like fully hooked. So those were like my gateways. And then I got into Atlanta and um, yeah, you know, like the main, the main, the main girls, you know what I mean? And then it sort of, then I got into other Bravo shows like NYC prep and 
Yes. All that garbage. Um, but yeah, that was that was my mom was my gateway drug into Housewives. And do you still like, I mean, would your mom still watch those shows? Or would you still be like, oh, you know, I do a podcast about Housewives stuff now. Like, are you watching? Like, does that ever come up? Oh, my mom listens. My mom is like kind of a momager with me with uh, <laughs> in terms of she'll like call me and be like, you know, I think on your podcast you should do this more or you should talk about this. But she's. My mom watches like Summer House, like she, oh, which, right. I don't, which I don't even watch. But my mom is very Bravo, Bravo centric, so she it definitely comes up. Oh my god, we need your mom on the pod. That would be iconic. You, Connor, you would get a lot of a lot of good material if you had Dorothy O'Donnell <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> I meant your podcast, but she's welcome to do. Mine. Oh, oh, oh my god, yes. Sorry, I'm like inviting her onto. <laughs> international podcast and she's here tonight and she's here tonight all the way from the east coast um she could do two shows i mean it's yeah what's why not do why not do two shows if she wants to get her brand out there she should expand we're living in a zoom world you know anything's she, possible she can zoom into a podcast in every yeah. continent <laughs> exactly so obviously you mentioned kind of the roll call of iconic housewife shows and bravo shows there but at the moment on sexy unique podcast you're doing like that ostensibly is a podcast about Vanderpump rules but you both kind of chat about and we'll cover a season of another bravo show or reality show so the moment it's beverly hills angels so you can recap this season of real housewives of beverly hills yes how is that going for you i'm obsessed it's a screen listen to you two both in person erica that in itself was a joy but how are you finding the season and, and what stood out to you I love it. I think it's it's bringing the heat. Um, I think obviously, like Kathy Hilton's, finally we got her. You know, I've been waiting for this woman to come onto the show for years now, mm-hmm. um, and I think she's bringing a lot. I think I like Crystal. I think she's bringing good drama. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a great and obviously the Erica of it all. You know, figuring out what's going on there. I just I think it's great. I think it's kind of returning to uh, a good form because it. I felt like it fell off in the last few years, especially with Teddy, such a snooze. I couldn't handle it. Like Camille Grammer, thank God, brought the drama in like the penultimate episode of like that one season when she just randomly accused everyone of everything at dinner. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was like a reminder of how good she is. But I was like, where was that for the last two seasons? You know what I mean? Um, And I think getting rid of Lisa Vanderpump was a good thing. And... Yeah, so I think it's I think it's shaping up to be a really good season. I think you're right. I think Beverly Hills, it's hit this lovely rhythm. And there's something that you have been talking about on your podcast, you and your co-host Laura, that, but you've both hit on something lately when I've been listening that talks about how like the Soot and Crystal thing is so petty. And that's why it's great that Beverly Hills has found its pettiness again, where it's like one silly thing that they just beef about versus like other shows tend to have more weight to them. I mean, first of all, I think Sutton is like, I don't know what's going on with her, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's wild to watch this. I mean, it's funny. I'm so back and forth with her. Like in the beginning of the season, I was sort of like, uh oh, she went from being like an iconic friend of that, like the Twitter gays love to talk about. And maybe yeah. it got to her head a little. And then her first time with like, you know, a diamond, she's jumping the shark a little in the beginning with the crystal stuff. I was getting really annoyed with her. And then last episode, I was just like, okay, she's iconic again. You know what I mean? Like she, <laughs> yeah. Her meltdown was just so ridiculous. And I love that they were all like holding their breath, waiting for her to say something like truly wretched and, you know, intolerable <laughs> to Crystal. And she just, and then she was like, your pants are ugly. Like what a, like 
petty, you know, schoolyard dig at someone. She was like, jealous of what? Yeah. Of what? Like, she was, like, trying to think of something that she could, like, yeah. write your eyes. She'd be like, just say something about her fashion. Don't bring anything else into this. And they all, <laughs> like, it was, it's so... I mean, it tells you a lot about Sutton, who Sutton is as a person, but I love that Kyle was just like, oh, oh, good. She's just talking about the pants. But then, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. jealous of what? <laughs> Your ugly leather pants? Like, just such, <laughs> such drama at all times, like Southern Gothic. Yes, very that. In fact, in some ways, I'm like, you know, if she was to go part-time in Real Housewives of Dallas, it might give that show a shot in the arm, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, that is, wow, that's... Interesting point. <laughs> There's some cross-pollination that could happen. Yeah. Obviously, on Beverly Hills, we mentioned Kathy and the joy of Kathy. Have there been any Kathy moments in particular that have stood out to you so far? I mean, Laura does this incredible impression of her that was killing me last week when we potted of, of last week's episode when she went. That's the thing that set Sutton off to begin with at Lisa Renna's house when she just stares at her and goes, Hey, Thomasina. Oh, yeah. And then she, and then she looked, and then, yeah. And then Sutton goes, Oh! And then Kathy doubles down, <laughs> looks her straight in the eye and goes, Thomas. Like, so delightfully oh. demented and, like, menacing. And and then she kind of feigns shock at, like, oh, what's going on? It's like, she knows what she's doing. She's Paris Hilton's mother. She learned it from the best. But I think that and I think the Red Bull moment really killed me. Yeah. And yeah. her just walking around the Tahoe house with a fan was just, like, amazing to me there was something about her on the tahoe trip that was hilarious because a she dressed completely down when the rest and went like into you know fashion show mode and b the way she was just constantly lugging like eight different things under her arm and i was like i do that when i go into the room i bring like a book and an ipad and a charger and then i have a notepad for some reason then i have a bottle of water i was like oh my god she's so i hate stars they're just like us but there's something like that off kathy where for all her money she is such a fuddy-duddy like eccentric lady like i feel like she'd do that whether she had money or not no, you're so right. I feel very similar. Like I'm always have like shit in my hands or like yeah. under my like I I feel her so deeply with that, and I I have to sleep with a noise machine, like all these <laughs> kind of quirks that people aren't really vocal about, but have. She's just like laying it all out there, and I do think she somehow looks more elegant than all them when she dresses down. Um, yeah, which I think is like a testament. Like she's. Like when I look, when I see her compared to the other women, I'm like, she's true wealth wearing jeans and a blazer and being like, what are you all dressing up for? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, <laughs> I just love it. And I, and I think my favorite thing is how she brings out a really good side of Kyle. Yeah. And I think Kyle having her there makes her more likable for me than she has yeah. been in a while. And I, I love seeing them goof around and like how she makes Kyle crack up. It's just so, yeah. it's it's great to watch when she's just like, you did good, Doogie. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Like, it's hard to see. Because I think last season, Kyle thought, this is it now. I'm the head bitch in charge because Vanderpump's gone. And that role didn't suit her. And now it's fun to see, like, Kyle, as you say, be a bit more playful. Because her big sister, who on paper is the sort of more dominant one in the relationship, is actually such a figure of fun that Kyle gets to be a bit like it just gives her a lightness versus like when Kim is on you're never quite sure where that's gonna go with them too there's a Kathy and Kyle are in such a good space that it's like oh this is just a chance for them to like probably carry on the way they would if we were watching or not yeah and I think Kyle I think you're right about Kyle sort of I mean she is kind of the main housewife because she's been on since season one but I, it's it is fun to watch her sort of 
bow down to her big sister and it, and then it's just that's just how life is like i have an older sister who will always be you know the top dog in my family and it's like i <laughs> and i no matter what i do in my like i always will like <laughs> kind of bend the, the knee to her because <laughs> that's just what you do for big sisters or older siblings and i think it's just funny to watch them together because i don't know it's just it, it's it's not like melissa and Teresa where it's like 10 or joe and Teresa where it's unbearable family tension um yeah. it's just light and fun so i'm into it we will get to jersey in a second because i have lots i want to ask you about that but on the beverly hills thing it's been really interesting hearing you two talk about erica on your podcast because i feel like the erica thing like as we're talking we're like a day away from this episode where she finally addresses like the the darker side of the divorce that hasn't been on the show yet but already seeing how the divorce has played out in the show has felt very like it's like I'm sort of torn. I'm like, well, this clearly is emotional, but is she acting like how have how have you felt kind of going through all the Erica stuff on the podcast and like sort of having that week to week change of heart or change of pace on some of it? Yeah, I think I'm definitely going back and forth. I watched The Housewife and the Hustler and I was like obviously horrified at like the Yeah. You know, accounts of the victims who were robbed by Tom Girardi and knowing where that money was coming from obviously it was it was hard not to look at erica and be like point a finger at her too and i was sort of feeling like she was a little full of shit because it was all just so sudden and it felt very rehearsed and i think she's always been really withholding and the fact that she was suddenly like i'm a gal's gal i'm just here like laying it all out there (laughs) like it felt it felt like it was a hot toddy (laughs) can i get a hot toddy what is with that she's like obsessed (laughs) yeah she's obsessed with hot toddies she's like ladies we're gonna come over and have a girl's night in my house or what and it's like you have never been like this and like you've always been like keep the fuck away from me to everyone and now you're suddenly so that felt very focus group like she had like a team of like media trainers and people like telling her what legal people telling her what to say. But now that I'm a little farther into it, I feel like she ate maybe is a little more innocent than, than I, than, or like as innocent as she's saying, I think, I don't know. I, I just can't see her conspiring with Tom. I think if anything, she was just like, didn't dig deep enough and was complicit by just like being ignorant. Um, but I don't think, I think Tom is the real, like psycho of this situation obviously and it's funny seeing them play back like footage that we've had on the show for years but now they're really like look how scary it is now like you know simple things like him you know telling her not to talk at dinner now it's like played in black and white you're like oh my god it was awful all along because she obviously spent seasons being like oh we have you know we have what we have and people don't understand and now she's like no you're right guys it was always awful like it's a bit of a about face yeah totally and it's like i don't know how I don't know that that's when I start feeling running into doubt about it. Cause I'm, I'm just like, well, where I, I believe you that he was like emotionally withholding and mm-hmm. cold. I don't know though. It's like suddenly the production's just completely on her side and helping her frame him as this monster. And it's, I don't know. It just feels a little like, I believe you that he was like that, but did you care until now? Or, yeah. and, or now you care because it I don't know so that's I'm I'm torn what do you think I I am torn too and like obviously as we're talking like the sh- there'll be more episodes and who god knows what'll happen week on week but I also feel bad because people always have me down as this like Erica Jane apologist because I used to like her on the show even when she was withholding obviously right now I'm like very much like jury's out like she could be involved but it has just been jarring too actually 
since the divorce announcement, she's in so many more scenes just in general. And I'm like, are you just now, do you have more free time? Are you like saying I'll film anything because I want something to do? Like it's, she's just in more scenes of like normal stuff, girl talk, fun time. And I'm like, you were never in this. Ma-. And maybe they just didn't show us all the scenes, but I'm like, oh, there's a lot of Erica on the show at the moment, aside from the divorce stuff. No, that's, that's, that's exactly what I'm like jarred by. Cause I'm just like, yeah. Oh, now, now you're, now you're like a girl, you know, one of the girls, like a girl's girl. Yeah. Like when you were just, she kept everyone at an arm's length, which is mm. fine. And it, it, she, her behavior was iconic in like a cold, aloof way, but she was never yeah. like warm and like wanting to hang. And now she suddenly like wants to have girls lunches and like go out to do spa treatments and driving around in cars with, you know, joy rides all over the neighborhood. And it's just like, where was this for the last six years? And it's, it's, it's very strange. And I do wonder as well, like everyone has, you know, there's obviously this conversation of how much did she know? Like, did Tom, you know, give her all this money just before the divorce because he wanted her to get out or it's all a sham. But like, I do wonder, is there a bit of a Kelsey and Camille grammars of it where he thought that if Erica was doing Real Housewives and more invested in her celebrity, she would be even less aware of what he was up to or she'd solely want to break from him. Because to me, it doesn't make sense that he would have okayed her doing a show if in the background he's like allegedly doing god knows what like i always think was he trying to like slowly phase her out himself like what's because even when she said i'd never thought of this until she said it i assumed that they bought that ridiculous house together when she was like oh i was the third wife in there i was like oh hold on wait a minute you were just dropped in in your 20s and it's a different vibe than we maybe realized yeah no that was that was like kind of reminded me of that fable bluebeard (laughs) <laughs> where like the wife, the new wife moves in and he won't let her into one of the rooms. And she's like, why not? And then she goes in and it's like all the skeletons of all the wives that he's had. Oh God. Oh wow. <laughs> and I, yeah, that was, I was interested in that too. And I think, I think partially it could have been that, but I also think that my theory is like, he's just such a megalomaniac slash like yeah. So, yeah. psychopath that he didn't think he would ever get caught. So he, I think he genuinely like wanted to give Erica the world and like, was like, I'll give you the world. Like, I'll give you this fame. I'll, I'll turn you into this pop star. Cause it, it like got him off yeah. to like see her. And I think that he was so deluded in his like own of what he could get away with that. He was like, yeah, go on TV. It's fine. Yeah. That's I think. Yeah. Cause I used to be like, why did Teresa and Joe Judice go on TV when they're clearly doing crazy, you know, illegal shit. And it's like, I just think it's ego. I think it's, I think at the end of the day, it's just pure ego. These people think they can get away with anything, even if there are cameras on them 24 seven and then it catches, it catches up to them. Yeah. It's the pride before the fall. It's, it's exactly. hard to know. Like, it's just, it's just hard to know. All I know is whatever happens, I'm guaranteed on sex unique podcast, several stellar Eric impressions a week. The way you just both hit on that one week and we're like, wait, we can impersonate Eric. I was like, this is genius. <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> ladies, are we are we going on the boat ride today, or what are we doing? We're taking a taking a Segway tour of Beverly Hills today, or Hollywood. I think we can go down Hollywood Boulevard and take a detour down to Highland, and you know maybe up to the Hollywood sign. What do you think, ladies? <laughs> ladies, it just made me realize as well. Particularly when, you know, you can tell she hates crying on camera and hates being emotional. And so in all these interview moments where she's like talking about all these difficult life moments, like her, 
she already barely kind of mumbles as is but when she's like uh, you know honestly i don't wanna huh, uh, sorry and it's like she can barely get the words i was like you were actually almost non-verbal in how you communicate and then when she's crying it's like erica you need subtitles like you're just like groaning into the microphone at this point yeah it also just it's no wonder she was like didn't make it as like an actor you know <laughs> well, i'm sorry she was on broadway Ladies, yeah, she was okay. Yeah, she was on Chicago. I was Roxy Hart. I had a best selling memoir. Yeah, ladies, can I remind you? I've I was on Broadway as Roxy Hart in Chicago before the pandemic. I have a national bestseller and all my tours and my merch. It's like this house is fully mine under my name, ladies. Also, like, I mean, something that you guys have hit on on the podcast and it's one of those things that like now that I've noticed I can't not notice is the way Lisa Rinna just is constantly screaming and like overemphasizing everything like when she saw Erica's new place and she just kept going this is so cute and I'm like it's nice but like you're acting like she moved into the Taj Mahal like you have gassed this woman up so severely I know I also love whenever Kathy does something and Lisa goes ah! <laughs> but like that's the that's I, like, the way the level spiked when you did that. Is oh, he sorry, even, I'm sorry. No, it's no, it makes it even funnier. <laughs> I buy that so much because I think that's actually the realest Rinna is when Kathy does something, she just screams because that's that's what I would have done. Yeah, yeah, she's pop. Yeah, that's what I. If I was in Kathy's presence, I would just be screaming like gay shrieking at all times you mentioned i've heard you mention on the podcast you mentioned uh new york to me that you watched it back in the day it was one of the big shows for you but i know you've said on the pod lately that you've kind of fallen off at new york how do you feel about it at the moment and like what's your relationship to it as one of the housewife shows in general i'm actually i haven't watched it this season except for the first episode oh wow i just i got bad vibes from the first episode and i i really liked ebony and i like leah fine but i was just like it felt i just i could just tell some some very uncomfortable situations were coming and that these i don't know i just i feel like they're just not a lot of you know the ramonas and the luans of the whole situation need to just be removed at this point and and they need to start fresh keep ebony keep leah mm-hmm. even though leah starts a lot of shit too i think um yeah keep Sonia and just yeah. start fresh and bring in some new people. And I, I don't know. I'm just, I mean, I'll probably go back and watch it, but I, I just, I couldn't handle it right now where I, where I was spiritually at the time. I couldn't handle Ramona Singer in COVID clip clopping around the Upper East Side, you know, <laughs> to the various steakhouses of the Upper East Side to go make out with like gross bald men. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard a more like if I was writing the log line for Ramona on any season of New York, that's what it would say, COVID or not. You're like, she will be in a steakhouse and she will make out with six Harry Dubin lookalikes for yeah. the space of a week. And listen, I think bald men are sexy, but Harry Dubin is is not the kind that I that I'm. <laughs> that's I'm not trying to say bald men are. You know what I mean? Cool. Well, you won't be canceled by the bald yeah, man community. Don't so cancel me. <laughs> Um, another housewife city that you've recapped recently like had a really good current season but you went back in time to recap uh season two and three of housewives in new jersey for tough sicilian bitches which is an iconic name what was that like to go back because to me that's peak jersey like actually no i'm a fake fan i've seen season two i actually haven't seen season three but i feel like that era of new jersey was kind of the show at its peak in terms of pop culture and like all that stuff so what was it like to go back or was that your first time watching it or were you re-watching it 
Oh, I was I've watched it several times. Um, I watched it. That was also I should go back and say that was also one of my like OG because sh- I'm from New Jersey, so I oh, I wow. was I watched that from the beginning. So, but it was it was fun to return to it last year and and talk about it in depth every week. Yeah, I I think I agree with you. I think it's like pinnacle. There is no truly no more compelling housewife than Danielle Staub. And <laughs> I mean, even on the Housewife and the Hustler special when she like sashays into her seat yeah. in the beginning wearing ruffled heels. <laughs> yeah, the weird tassels on her shoes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's just everything she does is amazing and and it's such a crazy season. I mean, Danielle Staub getting chased by Teresa through the country club and Kim G being like, calm down. <laughs> doesn't get more iconic. And did it hold up for you on rewatch? Because I feel like everyone has gone back. Like, I think a lot of people have gone back to old housewives or started watching the show for the first time in the last year. And so obviously certain older seasons, they're either feel almost boring or shit has just aged really badly. Like does New Jersey like hold up? Cause it sounds like it does. I think it does. And I think, um, Watching it now, knowing what we know, especially about the whole situation with Dina Manzo's ex-husband, you know, hiring, like, basically trying to, like, Nancy Kerrigan her, um, or Tanya Harding her, I, I, I think it gives more credence to the fact that the Manzos were, like, Danielle had a good reason to be afraid of that family. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, you know, I always, I remember watching in the past being like, Jesus Christ, like her bringing bodyguards everywhere. I was like, oh my God, Danielle, they're not going to like kill. And she was like, they could kill me. And yeah. she might, she might've been right the whole time, you know? So it's, 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 yeah. Or just like, I don't know. I think it holds up for sure. And I think, yeah. So that's, that's, that's what I think about that. <laughs> And I always think of that. I think it was Joe Gunn who was, I consider a bit of a Danielle Staub archivist. Oh, he could, he's amazing. He, he could open a museum about Danielle Staub, but he was the one who put on my radar that the time you were on Instagram Live and she read out your Instagram handle, your Twitter handle, and was just like, Icario, like as if it was a Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> like, she. Spanish name. <laughs> she started doing her Instagram Lives during quarantine last year. And I just like, I went on once and I was like, basically like, notice me, queen. And I said, <laughs> I said, give a shout out to the Sex Unique podcast. And she went, Icaro, I don't know what that is. And then my <laughs> my fiance got a cameo from her for my birthday. And, and in his description, he said, pronounce his name as Icaro. <laughs> so she, I think she thought I was like an Italian game, a gay Italian fan of hers. Happy birthday, Icaro. <laughs> Like sometimes, like even if I see your handle on my feed, I read it in that voice. It's so ridiculous. it's one of the stupid things that has stayed in my head. It's like I love it, I mean, and it's funny because you have an Irish name, so you think, oh yeah, that's an Irish. Like I, of course, understand Irish name, but now it's like no, it's this weird like quasi Italian Lady Gaga Star Is Born press tour Italian yeah. name. <laughs> Icaro. <laughs> it's like Juliana Rancic interviewing Lady Gaga when she's like, oh ciao Bella, and Gaga's yeah. like, see si, grazie grazie Star Is Born grazie like. <laughs> It's like the fake Italian. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> so you recap Salt Lake City as well. You did the first season of that. And I remember actually even listening to like an emergency episode you did about when Jen got arrested. So like, what was it yes. like to discover? You know, we all discover this new housewife city and we're kind of blown away. And like, what do you think is going to happen with season two? Because obviously, we're going into such a different setup for these women now. Yeah, you know, I was 
the first episode was so, you know, game changer, I felt like it was just so they packed so much in and it was it was so good. And I was expecting the second episode to be just as good. And I feel like the season, for me, at least really fell off after the first episode. I don't know mm-hmm. how they did that such a great opener, but they they pulled it off. And I think it, then it got kind of boring. And then towards the end, it picked up again. But um, I was blown away by the news about Jen Shaw. And I think, thank God, we're going to get it all on camera and see the arrest. And, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a great season. And I'm I'm glad they rushed into filming all that. And mm-hmm. um, my hope for season two is that we get to at least see or hear the arrest in some form, um, I want to see Jen suddenly being like, I have to go and leaving whatever place they're filming at and then running and then them hearing about the arrest like an hour later. And I yes. want more Mary. I think we're going to get more Mary because like, this rumor is that basically the first season she was friend of and then they were like, oh, let's make her full time. But they didn't have enough footage. So that's why she was always on FaceTime in her scary bedroom closet. And now it's like, OK, she's actually full time and we can put her in the women. So, yeah, I'm hoping we get more Mary. And I think there's one new woman, maybe a friend of. So, like, it's going to be everybody from season one, I think, one new person. And also, I've become weirdly obsessed with Lisa Barlow since that reunion. So now I'm like, OK, all eyes on Lisa Barlow. What is she going to do? Yes, I, she became a real, at first I was, I was not into her and then she really grew on me and ended up being my favorite one by the end of the season. So I I think Mm -hmm. she's, I'm interested to see her and Meredith's friendship, like what's going on there. Cause I felt some definite tension between them at the reunion yeah, um, and some coldness from Meredith. So I think that's going to be interesting. And um, I'm kind of blah on heather to be honest yeah she kind of by the end annoyed me and everyone you know she got the anoint rihanna kind of anointed her so she got like the the cool cred from like people who have good taste um but i personally found her kind of grating um so i'm interested to see what happens with her in the second season yeah whitney i think it's gonna be good they had a really good reunion like the, as you say this it started strong so like for a first season because a lot of first season housewife shows and you watch them now they're pretty dull and it's like to be fair to salt lake city i think that behind the scenes they really like edited the shit out of it so that like we got really strong episodes where they probably cut like a month's worth of footage they were like this happened a month ago but we're starting to hear so like i do think they just have something to work off of and you're right i think meredith and lisa are a real lifelong friendship and so those are always gold on housewives because it's like well where is it gonna go it's like karen and giselle and potomac it's like how are they gonna handle this exactly and i think i think i do judge it a little harshly but i think as in terms of first seasons it was a pretty good first season because you're right a lot of inaugural seasons are very tepid and kind of just flat Mm -hmm. so i think i think they brought the weirdness and the you know jen obviously was so was just like a clown <laughs> like so it was just <laughs> why like she was a wild new addition to the to the universe of the housewives universe so i i think season two is gonna be great 
And we do have, like, as we were talking, we've had one episode of Potomac Season 6. But, oh. like, I, it was so good. Like, that one episode, when I hit play, because I watched it without ads, so when I hit play and it said it was 54 minutes long, like, I literally was like, yes! I was like, because usually they're about 43 minutes. I was like, yes, give me that extra 10 minutes. Like, I know you've got something good. So I, I have a good feeling about Potomac as well. Oh, I think it's, I mean, that is my favorite. That's become my favorite city. The way it's edited and the personalities like it's just it's so bizarre and amazing and just constantly entertaining and i think i don't know they just always make it good they just every it's always good like every episode of potomac even the ones that are a little more boring are good you know what i mean and that's like very rare i feel like for housewives and i just think karen and giselle they're frenemy ship and i think mm-hmm. it's truly a love story about them at the end of the day and i just i just love it there's a kind like there's that long-standing frenemy vibe which is endlessly fascinating and like there's you know giselle and robin have a long-term friendship and then you can see now that they've brought in a new person so karen has a quote-unquote friend like there's just like they have incredible chemistry together and there's a lot of people on the show who've been there since day one and that in itself it feels much more rare in Housewives because now they're much quicker to like drop someone after a season or like get rid of someone long term. So like it does feel like there's just a lot of history there. But like, I don't know, it makes it really electric. electric. Yeah, it, it really does. And I think it's I mean, they're six seasons in and they all still feel like they need to be on the show, which is which is rare. Yeah. And I think yeah. they're all essential and they they're all great. Like I, I even love like Ashley took me a while to really get on her on board with her and i love her now i love dr wendy i i think yeah they're just they're all great and i think mia is going to be a good addition she's she's kind of campy and twin peaks energy and yes um, yes lynchian for sure it's true it is and i and one thing i was very relieved about is that we were spared like early covid like i hate on some of these reality shows when they they do like a times like things were going so yeah. well and then the, the screen goes to black and it comes up like march 13th 2020 yes yes i, I was gonna say march 13th yeah yeah i cannot <laughs> handle that trauma anymore so i like that it's just in covid and we know what's happening and they don't have to explain it so yeah you're right they have i, I don't know how they've gotten away. well i mean we're talking about one episode so far as we chat but like there was something about the way, like, it was sort of there, like, you know, Robin referenced it a bit, and, like, there was reference to, oh, with the pandemic, this, but for some reason, it's like, they've got so much going on, it's just part of their daily lives, we're on, on every other show so far, like, I know you haven't kept up with New York, but I can really feel how COVID has impacted how they're filming the show, Atlanta was hard to watch, because it was obvious they couldn't get them all in the same room because of COVID at one point, so, it, it's funny in Potomac, they're like, yeah, 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 anyway, Giselle and Karen really hate each other, that's the beef here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and I, I just, no one in the world needs to relive that, yeah, that horror of, like, the shutdown and everything, so I'm, it's, I'm gl- I'm hoping that as the years go on, we'll there'll be less of like the mask footage from last year. Everyone's masked, and I I want reality television to move away from COVID because I can't handle yeah. it anymore. But I know, I know. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm so happy about Potomac being back. It's a blessing. It truly is. Now, something that like is sort of finally back filming, and ostensibly sexy unique podcast is about Vanderpump Rules, which has kind of been on a massive hiatus compared to usual times, like. 
what do you think is going to happen when that show comes back? Because we're hearing rumors about this person filming and that person leaving and da-da-da-da-da. A lot of core cast members have gone. So what do you think that show is going to look like when it returns? Well, funny story. Two weeks ago, a friend of mine had a gift card to, to Sir. So she invited me and Simon, my fiance, my best friend. And uh, we went and they were filming that night. <gasps> so we, let me tell you too. I don't know. You're a cast you... member. You're a cast member. I'm a cast member. On... I knew it. I knew it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been to Sir. Have you been to West Hollywood? I have yet to have the pleasure of visiting West okay. Hollywood or Sir. <laughs> well, Sir, the night we went, like the lights kept flickering on and off, and <laughs> oh there, were, there were three different loud songs playing at once. Like it's a very, <laughs> it's it's not, it's a terrible restaurant, and but they were filming. And they announced every cast member as they came in. And there were tons of people there to see them film. I had We all had to sign. Like, I didn't know any of this was happening. We all had to sign yeah. like an NDA yeah. or a waiver that said we were allowed to, our face was allowed to be on camera, if, if so. Lisa mm-hmm. was there. Ken. Ari- <gasps> I saw Ariana and Tom Sandoval filming. James Kennedy was there. Raquel. Uh, Sheena was there. So there's some, there's some, some of the old hats are still there. And then as we mm-hmm. were leaving, we looked in the infamous parking back parking lot of Sir. There was someone I'd never recognized being filmed playfully boxing the air. So I don't know. There's definitely <laughs> some new blood. B-roll. <laughs> Charlie's back. Okay, great. Yeah, that, I just wanted to share that with with you that little anecdote. But um, yeah, I I don't know what's gonna happen. I think um, you know we've talked about it on on SUP, but like Lara has maintained like you know she's like I. She thinks that they should have kept Stassi on to like take her to task or like at least had a moment, had an episode where like she has to explain herself. Yeah. Um, instead of just getting rid of her, which I think is an interesting point. It kind of, she kind of escaped having to explain herself on national television in the show form where she got famous of like her racism and like her microaggressions. And I mean, it would have been interesting, but I think it's, but I also think it's, it's good that they got rid of her because what she and Kristen did, you know, potentially endangered Faith's life, you know? It's one of those weird things where it's like, both things would have, both things work in one way and then they have, I guess, downsides in the sense that if she's on the show, the show can actually, they could just give her the, the worst edit ever and make her look like a complete clown and almost punish her. But then if you leave her on the show and she's getting paid or she's still on the show people feel like that's a validation if you take her off she can't kind of face consequences yeah. it's i don't know like in a way i think i i know they've made the point since like in that piece that Anna Peel did for vulture like the networks that basically if the show was going back in the normal time span they probably would have kept her because it would have been a few months and they would have dealt with it whereas i think because it's coming back after like a year plus it would have just looked really weird and because they got rid of jackson Brittany, and kristen i was like this is a show saying it's ironic because half their fucking friends are still on the show so it's not like i'm sure they're all like okay well we're gonna go see stassi now that the cameras are down but it's i i kind of feel like it was probably for the best although I was never a big Stassi fan, so I'm kind of. I'm like, not yeah, either. Well, I don't. Yeah. I'm. I'm like. I don't give a shit. I. Yeah. Yeah. That was my thing. Is like she shouldn't be allowed to get paid. Yeah. Or get any more exposure. But she. I feel like other than losing her job and like she had that awkward interview. Um, oh, yeah. Tamron who, Hall. Yes, and who I think was like such. I mean, she was so she was patient with with Stassi yes. when she didn't yes, need to, to be. Put it mildly. <laughs> yeah. 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 She didn't really face that many consequences. And like, she still has her podcast. She's still going to make money. Really? She's, oh, yeah. You know, it's like, 
I feel like she didn't really have to explain herself that much. And so that's where I'm yeah. kind of like, where's her, where's this reckoning? Yeah. yeah. But I also don't want her to get paid or have any more exposure. And so I, I, yeah. It's funny you mentioned there going to Sir and seeing all of them, you know, in situ during the show. Cause I was actually going to ask you like, what kind of run-ins or sightings have you had with Real Housewives? Cause I remember years ago you talking about, on Come Through Queen, another podcast that I love, talking about interviewing Teresa and Melissa for paper, which I reread this week, and I'd forgotten that you like had you did a full on interview with both of them about fashion of all things to them, like obviously the least stylish women on TV. But <laughs> what kind of run ins have you had with Housewives, and, and like what ones have stood out? Well, yeah, that was that was awesome that that moment for me to meet both of mm-hmm. them, and my expectations of what they'd both be like were complete opposite. Um, really yeah i thought Teresa was going to be a little more aloof and like guarded and cold um just because of everything she's been through and she was actually i mean she was she was shy and it took her a minute to like kind of acclimate to what we were talking about but she was very sweet and um kind of lovely and funny um and melissa was actually very guarded and kind of rehearsed and did not the veneer didn't crack with her and I didn't really relate to her. Um, but Teresa I, was really sweet and like kind of humble seeming, which was, oh, wow. yeah, she had like kind of a vibe, like she had a sadness to her. I have to say yeah. she, she felt like, I don't know. There was something very endearing about her, but I've seen, I've seen a lot of the Vanderpump rules people around just West Hollywood. Yeah. Like I saw, I went to a NASCAR race with my fiance and he said, I wonder if we'll see, because his friend is a driver, so we went to go see him, and I said, "He's like, I wonder if we'll see any Vanderpump Rules people." And then literally, we saw them. We saw Jack Schwartz and Sandoval, and then like a week later, we were walking through WeHo, and I was like, "I wonder if we'll see Jacks again." And then Simon went, "Oh look, there he is!" Oh my God. And he was getting like a muscle milkshake. <laughs> it's like the weird trope in like goofy comedies where. Like, there's this character who just pops up. They're like, hey, guys, I was here this whole time. And they're like, where did you come from? Like, Jax is like, hey, like, stepping out from behind a tree branch going, hey, what's up? Exactly. I met Kyle once at something. <gasps> I was actually at Watch What Happens Live with the writer's room for Heathers. She had a show on the same network as ours, that American Woman show. Oh, that yes, was like a yes, big yes. Flop. And all the housewives came that night. It was a Watch What Happens Live in L.A. Erica oh, Jane yes, was yes, on. Yes. And Kyle was there. And she... She was just very funny, and I think they were all a little drunk, which that's what you do on that show. And she just, I just remember she she was like, oh, you guys are all writers. I need writers on my show. And then in my head, I'm like, your show's on TV right now. <laughs> You're like, yeah, don't you have those shows written? Yeah. Like, aren't they already filmed? Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't seen that many in the wild, though. So I don't really, I wish I had better stories. No, I, to be honest, I feel like your experience of like going to Sir and Lishy being at the epicenter of the new season is like, that's pretty stellar. Like whatever else happens, you've got that. Oh, I, Laura and I did watch what crappens. They had like an award show thing downtown mm-hmm. and Bronwyn came and we were uh, in like oh. the green room with Bronwyn and she was, this was before her, she got sober, but she was, okay. she was, she was a character. <laughs> I just literally went, she's starting. I just said it to myself in my head. I was like, she, she was, <laughs> oh, she was, she was starting that night. <laughs> And was that like she'd had her first season air and you uh-huh. kind of knew who she was? Or was it okay? Because I'm curious. I feel like the fame went to her head like instantly. So I'm like imagining her in a green room being like, hello, I'm very famous. Yeah, she, you know, she was nice, but she definitely had that like, she liked it's. It felt like the gravity was kind of bending to her in the, in yes. the green room by her own 
by her own will. You know, <laughs> yeah, she was like yeah. magnetoing like, it. <laughs> it's like real celebrities know that's their power, and they let everyone do that. When a celebrity forces that energy in a room, I'm always like, oh, this is so yeah. like, You're already more famous. Like you're already gonna. I'm already gonna give you the attention. You don't need to force this. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad she got. I'm glad she got sober. Yeah. But I don't really care about that whole franchise, so. Yeah, it, oh, last season was not the most fun to watch. I can mm-hmm. certainly say that. Um, Something I wanted to ask you is, like, obviously your videos on Instagram and Twitter have, like, gone super viral. You have managed to milk so much comedy out of, is that an adapter for an iPhone headphones that you always use? Yeah. Like, what is that? I was like, I was like, whatever bit of, like, kit that he has in those videos has become so fucking funny. But those videos have really connected with people. They find them really funny. Like, People find you funny, they like enjoy your comedy writing, all that kind of thing. But what housewives do you think are actually funny? Not we laugh at them. Like which ones do you think, you know, are intentionally like knowingly funny? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I that's a really good question. I think I think Bethany's probably she's annoying, but she's funny. Like yeah. she's I think she's probably a funny person. Mm-hmm. I think Giselle is hilarious. I think Karen is really funny. Um Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little more unintentionally funny, but I think Giselle is like very sharp. I think Nini's really funny. I think interesting. What do you think? I think everyone you've mentioned is up there for me. Like because there is such a fine line with the housewives that don't know that they're funny. Like Kathy Hilton is not trying to be funny, but is. Whereas Kyle really wants to be funny, and most of the jokes, bar the odd impression, don't land. So, like for me, those are two examples of like where it doesn't quite work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Lisa Rinna can be funny sometimes, but as you say, a lot of it's just her screaming and like you know going, "Oh my god!" Like she doesn't land as many jokes as she thinks she does. So I think you've probably given a pr- pretty strong list so far. I think Vanderpump is funny. Yeah, I think she's like she's witty. She's she's very like it's very it's a bit try hard. Like some of her comedy is like very like oh 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 oh, oh you know and it's, <laughs> yeah, 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 it, it feels yeah, yeah. like she's there's like a laugh track in her head but she's yeah, but for she's, sure. she's quick she's clever I think Dorinda is funny intentionally and unintentionally yes which is actually you know what that's the killer combo for any good real housewife um this is something I love to ask every guest and it like it always varies what they come up with but it's like a housewife staple. You're going on the show tomorrow. They say, O'Donnell, we need a tagline. What would yours be? Oh my God, Connor, you're going to kill me. <laughs> I know this isn't live, so just give me a minute. To think <laughs> no, that's this. fine. Like, people, I, oh, this is what I like hearing. Yeah, I like hearing other people's more than I like saying. So what would yours be? Oh God. Okay. I think I would need to do something. Something to do with the Irish and do with the podcast. I'd want to reference where I'm from to hook in the viewer and that I'd need to like mention I have a podcast for branding purposes so that's Hmm. really good Um, something like I talk fast and not just on my podcast because I have a habit of talking very fast so I'm like something like that like something that would endear the viewer to me you know yeah you gotta you gotta hook line and sink them um it'd be something like uh hmm fuck wait Okay. <laughs> I thought you were just meant to, I thought you were starting like fuck was the start of the tagline. That's, I was like, oh fuck, brave. <laughs> yeah, that's the top, that's the that's the tagline. Just me going just me going oh. Um maybe something like I can't tell if I want to do something like just so just like I I feel like it should be something about me. Yeah. That's like yeah. that's not like trying to be I don't know. 
This, you're gonna cut this, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I can like, I'll, I'll like shorten. <laughs> no, the, actually, the no. This is this line. is called workshopping, baby. This is what we <laughs> yeah, do. It's improv. This is what it's we improv. do in the biz. It would be like, <laughs> um, I might not. It might look like I have it all. Oh, no. <laughs> it's actually in a weird way. It might look like I have it all, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like the sigh could be the tagline. Uh. It might look like I have it all, dot, dot, dot. I don't. <laughs> I wear my Rite Aid bag like a Birkin and my, uh, and I don't have health insurance. No. Um. <laughs> That's very, very good comment on the US health system, yeah. which is always timely. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. I'm like, I'm so bad at this. <laughs> it's fine. We, we can move on. No, no, I have to get this. I have to get this. Or I'm, I'm no. going to quit. Or I'm going to quit writing. <laughs> Honestly, I people have asked me to do this before, and I'm like, I have no idea. Like some people have theirs like down pat, and I'm like, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Because I, it's it's really hard. It is, and that's one of those. It's the one thing like I always like, and I feel like I feel bad because I probably should have flagged this more with you. Like I always really am like, and we'll probably ask what your tagline is because some people are like, okay, I just need a few days with that. Like, <laughs> uh, it'd be like, uh. <laughs> I I've, think something like I've got I a, might be a joke on social media, but I'm not a joke in this life or yeah, something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Something like, like that. Um, so, oh my god, why is it so hard? Have other guests <laughs> have trouble with this? Yes, almost every guest finds this hard. Here's what happens: they either go, "Oh yeah, mine is," and they go, or they're like, "Oh," um, and I have we do like this weird. It becomes like a weird improv game for like five minutes, where I'm like, "Well, you own this business. You own this. You own this LLC." Like you're like really helping and like trying. You're like you're like, like you become like a hype man. <laughs> you got this. You got this. <laughs> yeah, I might I be. Mean... Uh... <laughs> like making it funnier now that we're like we can't think of anything yeah like i'm a i'm yeah something about like uh, I'm wait give me a second like, give me a second yeah yeah okay okay i'm okay. I'm, I'm it's coming to me <laughs> she's starting she's she is starting I'm trying not to laugh, but it's just making it funnier. Like, and in my head now, you're like saging the room. You're something very LA. Yeah. Well, well, during this quiet moment, you're I'm like, trying, it's kind of an LA. It's going to be like something about like, yes. um, I'm like loath to say anything because I feel like you are thinking. <laughs> my instinct is like, what about? But I'm no, he's thinking, he's thinking. Okay, in New York. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'd be like, in New York, I was L- <laughs> I was funny but poor. And in LA, I'm funny and old, or, so, or something like. <laughs> I was thinking that, like, because you mentioned Jersey, like, can we contrast Jersey with California now? Like, yeah, this Jersey girl's ready for yeah, to be a California fil- babe. Yeah, this Jersey girl's got a one-way ticket to the middle in LA, or like, you know, <laughs> I'm funny on Twitter, but I'm old and on, <laughs> or like something about that. Like, I'm funny on Twitter. What about? I'm funny on Twitter, but I'm no joke. That's good. See, or, or like that. uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with. Um, we have we have something. We yeah, have some, we have some in the drafts. So you can thank you for <laughs> that. Player. If you cut this, which I I just had Connor, we just had a serious workshopping for the last five minutes. That was like shocking. 
Do you know what's really funny as well? When I do these interviews, obviously I close like the windows and doors in the apartment. So when you were like thinking there, I was like, I was like, oh my God, I haven't had a window open in an hour. I was like, woo. I, was, like, I know. myself. I know. <laughs> I was adding to the humor. It would have been great. It would have been great if in the like <laughs> silence of me thinking about it, you just heard like Irish seagulls. <laughs> yeah, the door opened for a full minute and then the door closed again. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we got there. We did it. We did Teamwork it. Teamwork makes Congrats to the team, as you would say Congrats on Twitter. To the okay. Team. <clears throat> um, another question I like to ask. This one I swear is easier to, to to answer than the previous one. Is you're hosting a dinner party tomorrow. You can have five people from housewives, friends of side characters, husbands, whoever you want. Five Bravo people basically can come to your place for dinner. Who is getting the invite and why? Okay, Giselle. Yes. Actually, no. I think Karen for a fun dinner. I feel like yeah. Giselle is so funny and fun, but I feel like she would be tough on people at dinner. Yeah. And I yeah. think Karen would actually be like funny and like yeah. lighter as a dinner guest, like okay. in terms of like, or maybe actually, okay, scratch what I just said. You can cut that. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. going to choose Giselle and Karen because I want to okay. see them exchange barbs and they'll be fun and we'll like be down to like LOL. I think yeah. I would I think I would have Dorinda come. I would have Garcelle. Oh my god, this is such a strong lineup already. This is amazing. Cuz Garcelle is she's Garcelle is also I think very funny. Yeah, really quick and very good like yeah. I feel like she would be good. I hate the term banter, but she would be good banter, you know. Yeah, no, I think I'm going to go back and also say that she's one of my funny housewives, like funniest housewives. Garcelle yes, would yes. be there. And then to top it off, just for like a little like wild card into the mix, I would bring someone like Deandra. Interesting. And also, you you just know, because Deandra's in like a show on Housewives, like a Housewives show that's a little bit lower tier, she would be so eager to impress those other four women. She couldn't believe her look that she was there. Yeah, I think, but she's, and she's also like, she's funny and like kind of messy, like, and she's open about it. And I think she would yeah. have funny stories. So I think those... Those five ladies would be my pick. Oh, that's so. Oh, that's just such an iconic lineup. I just feel like halfway through the night, DeAndre would be like, "Oh yeah, well, back in the day, I used to do coke with," and she'd name drop six famous rock stars, and everyone'd be like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> wasn't expecting that." And she's amazing because she kind of like whenever I see her on screen, I hear like funeral organs. Like she just has like <laughs> Southern Gothic energy so much. Like she just has like all these like <laughs> these surrounded by tragedy and like darkness. So I'm yeah. I just, I'm, I'm into it. Okay, I love that lineup. And that was far less painful than the yeah. So we're on to a winner. <laughs> I feel <God>. awful. <laughs> you're like, I'm never having this fucking guy on my podcast again. <laughs> no, I feel like you're going to be like, I'll never, I will never engage with this person ever again after this interview. <laughs> so obviously, you know, but as a viewer, you're watching Housewives and, you know, on the podcast, you're dipping into different cities. So like, is there somewhere that's next on your Real Housewives journey? Like somewhere you might go and rewatch or a show that you're looking forward to coming back? Like what do you think is next for you? I'm excited for Salt Lake City. I'm excited to be watching Potomac. Yes. Potomac's mm. really where I'm I'm channeling most of my energy into um, mm. for enjoyment. Not, you know, Beverly Hills I'm enjoying, yeah. but I'm, it's also like kind of for work too. And, you know, I've, I've, I haven't really kept up with New Jersey in the last few seasons, so I'm I'm interested in going back and like just kind oh, of yeah. watching those with you know Margaret coming on and like I've I've seen like one season with with the newer women, but I haven't really committed to it. So I think I'm gonna 
at some point go back because I know they're good. And I know Danielle Staub mm-hmm. returns and pulls someone hair. That's pretty good uh, yeah. choice of shows. I think that's a solid lineup. Um, and obviously, like before we wrap, where can people find you online and your work? And where can and tell us more about the podcast and the Patreon and all that good stuff? Yeah, so you can follow me at ecario on Twitter and Instagram. I do sexy unique podcasts. I co-host it. It's Laura Marie Shane Hall's podcast. I've joined as a co-host. You can. Mm-hmm. It's available on all streaming platforms. There's a Patreon. You can for five dollars. You can get tons of bonus episodes and old episodes. Um, we're going on tour this fall, starting in September. We're doing like a six city tour. Okay. Um, so there's tickets available. Now we've sold out one show, so in Chicago, <gasps> so we had to add a new show. So buy them now because it's gonna. As shows approach, tickets they go fast. So. I'm just saying, get on it now. And hopefully we won't be shut down again. I know, fingers crossed. And will you get to have a tour bus? No, is that I ambitious? wish. No. Maybe, oh, maybe in a so few cool. years, but yeah. for now it's just... <laughs> flying commercial, ladies. Ladies, we're flying JetBlue. Yeah. I used to have my own plane. Not anymore. <laughs> you used to have my own jet. Not anymore. You have to both get... You both have to be in full Eric Jane character for every flight Uh-oh. you take on that tour. <laughs> Uh, stewardess, stewardess, is there a restroom on board that's not one of these? Porter Johns, you know what I mean, ladies? Can I get a hot toddy? Can I get a hot toddy? Gonna... It's like, sir, this is an 11 a.m. flight. Yeah. Ladies, can I get a hot toddy or what? She like, <laughs> There's like an announcement. One of the stewardesses or one of the flight attendants like announcing like, you know, what they're serving that day. And then like there's a silence and all of a sudden you hear, ladies and gentlemen, you could turn your eyes to the front of the room, <laughs> and it's this Erica, and, and they're like, "Ma'am, you you have to get off that loudspeaker." She She's starts like, singing one of her songs down yeah. the tunnel. So she just does like a full like five minute like stand up set. <laughs> yes. You know that? You know what I always thought about flying commercial? I haven't done this in ten years. It's like my marriage to Tom went on too long, and I won't be doing this again. <laughs> yeah, I sh- I don't I shan't be doing this again. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> And then she points to like an old man <laughs> who's like on life support, like on the plane. Oh, he's having a tough day over here. Sorry. And now I'm, I'm, you need to stop me. But now in my head, it's like, we don't know where Eric is going to be by the time you guys go on tour. So she might be like, can I open for you? I've been working on my material. I really believe in my yeah. comedy prowess. You're like, sure. <laughs> We've got a real opener. <laughs> oh, do you? No, no, no. I'm just saying. Eric. Oh, sorry. I was like, oh, exciting. No, no, no. Okay. Ladies. <laughs> we've got a... We've please got a, welcome our guest. <laughs> please welcome to the stage, Erica Girardi. <laughs> it's Jane. I go by Jane now. See? I go by Jane, ladies. <laughs> also, I love the way, like, you realize through this impression that you guys do that like Erica Basie talks like someone from a, a movie from the 30s like she's obsessed with all Hollywood and she just talks like someone who auditioned to be on All About Eve like it's hilarious I know she's very like mid-Atlantic accent yes <laughs> oh my god I'm actually like in pain from laughing at that Erica was <laughs> iconic and <laughs> um, listen there's a tour people can go to if they're in the US there's a Patreon they can check out and obviously the podcast is everywhere you are on Twitter and Instagram being hilarious we'll put links to that in the show notes at Kerry O'Donnell, thank you very much for coming on Housewives and Me. Thank you so much, Connor. This was great. That was Kerry O'Donnell here on Housewives and Me. Thank you so much to Kerry for taking time to chat to me. That was so much fun. As I said earlier, Sexy Unique Podcast is hilarious. They are recapping 
various reality shows at the moment, but they are doing weekly episode by episode breakdowns of this season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So that's a great entry point if you haven't heard the show before. And Carrie and Laura are so funny together. Like I'm telling you, you will not be able to hear... (laughs) You will not be able to hear Erica Jane's voice the same way after you listen to that podcast. They just, like, their impressions of her are so good. And actually, Kerry told me about some of his run-ins during our chat, but since then he's had more, like, interactions with the Vanderpump Rules cast, which they've talked about in recent episodes of that podcast. So go check it out. There'll be links to it in the show notes for this episode. And if you liked what you heard today and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating and a review. It really helps the show find new people and algorithms and all that good stuff. You can follow us wherever you get your podcasts. There are brand new episodes every single Tuesday. The podcast is on social media at Housewives and Me on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is It's Connor Bean. All those links are in the show notes as well. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.